Hey, this is Corey Smith, and you're listening to the Gaining Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron and Jillian Shriver. I wish I was 21. Welcome to the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver, brought to you by Arlo Revolution. Each week, Aaron connects melodies and memories with fans and artists from all genres of life. When all else in life is gone, only music will be left to leave the legacy of life's adventures. Please welcome your host for the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast, Aaron Shriver. Hello and welcome everyone to Season 6 of the Gaining Fast on Memphis podcast, a place where we connect memories to melodies. I'm your host, Aaron Shriver. And I'm your co-host, Jillian Shriver. Our mission tonight is to provide a platform for motivated singer-songwriters, passionate fans, or someone who's making a difference in and around the music community. We hope everyone listening leaves inspired with a positive outlook on life and begins connecting their own memories to melodies. Tonight we are presented by our good friends at Arlo Revolution, cinematic wedding films, music videos, and promos. Find them at arlorevolution.com. One Tree Planted. For every 1,000 downloads of the show, we plant a tree with One Tree Planted. Download the show on your favorite podcast app. And then Poddex. Poddex are the hottest tool to get your next great interview. Unique interview questions in the palm of your hand. Our on-screen sponsors tonight are Art on a Higher Wire by Joelle, original and custom artwork inspired by your life moments, treasured photos, and memories, and Shed Services. At Shed Services, we offer a full range of maintenance services depending on your needs. Find them at ShedServices.com. It's always a tongue twister. I love it, though. Looking for ways to support or sponsor Gaining Fast on Memphis, and please head over to our Patreon page. Tiers are just $1. If Patreon is something you can't do at the time, the next best way to support the show is to like, share, review, and subscribe anywhere you can find it. Remember, you can join us live every Monday night at 7 o'clock uh, on Facebook and YouTube, where you can interact with the show, ask questions, or join in on the live chat with your favorite guests. Uh, remember to visit GainingFastOnMemphis.com for concert reviews, photos, playlist links, and more. Tons of great stuff up there from this weekend. Uh, we're going to be posting day three of Country Thunder. We were out. That's why I sound the way I am. I'm on like six, seven hours of sleep in three days. I was in the middle of a cornfield somewhere in Iowa, and it was a great time. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I think we're going to be at every Country Thunder here on out for a little while. So we're going to see what happens with that. Well, we're excited for tonight's show uh, on... I can't read my own handwriting or my own typing. Uh, tonight, we welcome in Dawson Edwards for episode 133. The Raised on Red Georgia, Georgia native has been grinding in music since a young age. Now, this singer-songwriter has his first major album cut, many shows under his belt, and is, is ready to take on the country music world. Tonight, we are honored to discuss the melodies and memories that make up his journey, and we're going to welcome Dawson on. Do we lose him? I was going to say, I, I thought I saw the... Uh, I think we lost him. I thought I saw the... Uh, the video go by? <laughs> the num- my, our staging go So down. this is the part where we get to uh, wait till he comes back on, and we're going to see what happens. Hopefully we get him back on. And then uh, I get to edit it in post tomorrow, so that'd be awesome. Yeah, something must have happened. He must have... I don't know if he... he well, probably... he's on his cell phone, so what do you... I bet he got a call. <laughs> that always yeah. happens. Like, turn, if you get a message, or like, if you get a call or something, yeah. it... Oh, good. It come, disconnects you. He'll come back up. So, hey, guys, how you guys doing tonight? Uh, just a couple minutes. We'll wait till he comes back on. Um, yeah, check out our website, uh, GameFastOnMemphis.com, if you guys haven't yet. Some cool stuff. Uh, we brought out one of our newest members, Brooke, this weekend uh, to help us out with some reviews. Uh, hey, Country Brooke's Thunder. In the chat. Brooke, I think Brooke's watching. Yeah, she did great. Here's Dawson. All right, let's bring him back on. Let's see if we can get him up and run and make sure it's working. I might have to refresh. Can you hear us, bud? Oh, hold on. I got him muted. <laughs> hey, can you hear us, buddy? Let me see. Let me refresh real quick. 
This is, is going to be the fun editing part. Corey's going to have a there lot of editing. Yes. Yeah, all I had to do is refresh. Back your camera up just a little bit if you don't mind, buddy. Hey, can y'all hear me? Yeah, can you yeah. hear me now? Yeah, I, I've heard y'all the whole time. I don't know why. I don't, I, that was so weird. That was so weird. Do you, do you mind backing your camera up? I don't know why. It's like zoomed in. I got from like the nose to the chin, and that's it. <laughs> My bad. A uh, little this high. Is what happens. This is what happens when you're on a cell phone. That's man. all good. Actually, we'll roll with that right there. We're good. We're good with that. I like that. So what's up, buddy? Uh, I'm so glad I got to run into you on Saturday. What's up? Why don't up? you do three? Three what? Can you do three? Like pull me down so you can do... You have well, even if I pull you down... Is it not going to stretch No, it won't. Because I could do this a little bit, but not much. Okay. He yeah he have to can you scoot back a little bit or we're no just, we're like yeah we're trying to we're trying to get face. your there your face you in it there if you could rock like there that oh now it tilted down again <laughs> is this is this good yeah that's good buddy yeah we just want to make sure that everybody can see you and we're good to go um it was great running into you this weekend dude I totally did not dawn on me that you'd be out on the road with Travis this weekend I looked up and I see this big raised on red on the stage I'm like I know this guy. <laughs> so I was able to message you up real quick. And uh, it was cool running into you, seeing you. But I want to start this show off kind of like we do every show. And I want to throw it way back, um, probably like five years ago now, when uh, you were kind of growing up, man, around the house. What were your parents listening to? Kind of like your influences and what you were listening to, to when you are young, man. Your first musical kind of taste you had, in, I guess. And then we want like to lead that into your first concert experience as well. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh... Growing up, my both mom and dad are country music fans, and my dad's a very much so like Waylon, Hank Jr. specifically, you know, Willie, that like outlaw thing that was, you know, during that time. And then my mom just had like GAC and CMT playing in the house 24-7 and always had the radio on in the car. So I feel like I got the best of both worlds there growing up because I got the outlaw thing from my dad because he just uh, you know, he doesn't listen to the radio. He listens to his, you know, his CD. He always has his CDs, you know, hit the music he wants to listen to. And then with mom, you know, just playing like basically what was popular in the 90s and early 2000s. That's and, awesome. Uh, that's kind of where it all started, you know. I, I used to just sing all the words from everything from Shania Twain to – Hank Jr., dinosaur, you know? Yeah. I, I like it. And researching for this, I could tell you're a huge fan, man. Just a huge music fan. Um, I, We definitely connected over the Eric Church stuff. We talked a little yeah. bit on Saturday. I, I'm showing pictures. I don't know if you can see him as we go in. The first picture I showed you wearing an Eric Church shirt. I was like, this is my guy right here. <laughs> so Yeah, man. He, he was one of the he was one of my first uh first ones that I that I clicked on to myself, I guess you would say. Yeah. You know, as a, as a as a 13, 14 year old, I was like, wow, I don't know why I like this, but I I, I like this a lot. What was the first song of his you heard? Uh, I think it, it was like Guys Like Me. Nice. And it was it was from GAC, you know, and when I was like 10 years old, probably in that it was like in that 06, 07 era. You know, he was on GAC. Yep. Uh, Love You Love the Most was on GAC, CMT. So I feel like that was where I heard him the first time. And then I, I didn't have any CDs or anything. And um, I actually saw Eric. It was on TV. I wasn't there. But I saw Eric Church play uh, acoustic on the Opry. I was going to tell this story. Like, <laughs> oh, my oh my God. This is, this is incredible. And that, that was one of the times when I was really like, 
it was him and Randy Hauser actually yep. that played, and I was like, oh my god, this is what I want to do. Like this is insane. I can't like get. It was so awesome to me as a, as a fourteen year old kid, fifteen year old kid that I was like, this is this is it right here. So that he was he was definitely like the first one I latched on to. That's awesome. Like, That's awesome, man. Because I think that performance, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about that that performance of him acoustic at the Opry. So the cool thing about that, I don't know if you know about this yet, GAC banned the the music video, Lightning. They wouldn't play it. And they, they refused to play the music video. Well, Eric was playing the Opry, and it was live Tuesday Night Opry on GAC. So he had one song left. Is this him as guitar? So what song does he sing? He sings Lightning. Dude, Lightning. You, can, you can hear yeah. a needle drop. And Jillian and I were in the crowd yeah. that night. And we watched it and you could hear a needle drop amazing. in the Ryman Auditorium. And he's singing Lightning. And it was like a big FU to GAC. And that was one of his first FUs that he kind of gave out. But I was just like, that's why I like this guy because he doesn't really care. They just banned the song and this music video for what it, what it was. And now here he is at the Opry singing it. So it was cool. That yeah. That's kind of like how you kind of Fit connected. the mold, yeah, connected mm-hmm. with it as well, too. Awesome. So you started playing guitar at 14, man. It's crazy to think. That's probably, what, two years ago or three years ago? <laughs> yeah, two or three. Yeah, just a few. I feel like it was two or three years ago. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a baby. I turned 40 in a couple weeks. You're probably a baby compared to me, so. <laughs> I just turned I turned 26 about uh, beginning of May, so I guess it was about a month ago. Nice, dude, nice. Well, well man, happy late birthday, dude. What was the first? Uh, what was the first song you kind of started playing on that guitar at fourteen, man? When you first got that thing in your hands, like what would you say was was it a country song? Was it an old rock song? What was it? Uh, when I first started, uh, it was definitely I was I was doing. I remember playing "Colder Weather" by Zach Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Hank it, Justin Moore, uh, uh, "Sinners Like Me" and "Smoke a Little Smoke" was both around those times too. Uh, man, now you're Brant, making me Brantley feel old. Gilbert. Those those were kind of my, <laughs> still are to this day. But like, man, especially like during that time, like Brantley Gilbert, being able to see him come up through Georgia, I was already obsessed with him anyway. So yeah. you know, uh, you know, learning his songs and so like Brantley and Eric and Hank and and I, I think Colder Weather was a very popular song around that time. And so I think that was another one why I got I like tried to pick up on that one because I love the song. So I think those those are kind of the first like four or five that I really started playing around with. And I love that because you mentioned like three artists that are like completely opposite from one another too. Mm-hmm. I mean Eric Church, Zach Brown, and Brantley Gilbert are three just yeah. out of the box. I mean none of them. I mean they have a little bit of similarities, but that's why I love about country music is this kind of what feels good, what you could relate to. I feel is country music in a way. Totally. I mean, so, and the thing is, I'm not like I'm not like some over the top Zach Brown no. you know, band fan, but like that, I'm pretty sure. I, I think that song was just like super popular. That was when Colder Weather came out when I was about that age when I picked up the guitar, and I loved the song. So that was kind of just one of those ones. I was like, man, I want to you know learn how to play this one, and that you know. Were you writing so around the like, same time you start playing, or did you start writing much later? Uh, I actually started writing before I even knew how to play a guitar. Nice. Was it more poetry? Do you think, or was it actual yeah, songs? Yeah. No, it was. It was. I call them. I call it. It, it was a song with no music. So I think you call that poetry. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. My dad. Me and my dad would kind of write together sometimes. I would write on my own. He he had this. Uh, he had this little. It's a little blue notebook. I think he still has it. And he 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 would just write. He he had went back. Uh, my dad dropped out of high school a long time ago, and then he went to get his GED when I was around that age. And um, 
I, I, just like during it, I guess it's like writing class. I don't know whatever he was doing. He would like write all this stuff and I would read it and I was like, well, this is cool. And then he wrote this like country music, like poem about like country artists and their song titles is like connected. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. That's and cool. me and him kind of started writing a little bit here and there together. And then it was just like, we basically wrote, we had, we had a handful of songs and like I was, you know, writing songs. Quote, what were they about? Myself. What were you writing about at, at that age? I mean, what, what were these songs about? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, we, we had like, just, I wrote a ton about like my granddad and stuff. Cause oh, I also, yeah. I lost my, I lost my granddad uh, when I was 13. Yeah. So I mean, that was like right when I started playing, you know, writing and playing guitar anyway. And that your new song, House Heaven's about that, right? It is. Yeah, it is. I love it's, that. It's more, I, it's a lot more professional, <laughs> professionally written, <laughs> written in those songs, you know, back in the day. But yes, that, that you have fact, a few under your belt. That now. exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, I, myself, I lost my grandfather in 2000. I was really close to him, um, near and dear. I know every time I hear uh, Grandpa told me so about Kenny Chesney, I just gets me choked up every time because that was that was my guy, man. Growing up, that was just my my buddy, you know. So I definitely resonate and feel that with you on that. So for you writing those songs, I mean, I bet you were writing some good ones back then too. So if anything like the ones you're writing now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, you know, I was just writing all kind of stuff. And I, uh, I, I feel like it, it just kind of like people, people would be like, if it was terrible, I would know it. <laughs> and then if it was great, people would tell me, you know, like yeah. my dad, or my mom, like I, I, it was like, I can't remember what song it was. It, it might have. It, I think it was the Eric Church song. I was like drinking my hand or something. I was like playing it, and my dad. I remember like talking to my mom and dad about it. And this was when I was like sixteen years old, and we were just like, I, I think this is a real thing you could really pursue. You know, it's not like a joke. Like you, you really got something here. So I mean, I remember when we all were like sixteen years old, like talking about it. You know, way before I moved here. Yeah. You well, know, it like looks like when I was in high school, you know, when I was researching for the show, it looks like you had a really supportive family, dude. I, definitely. Was that, is that your sister in a lot of pictures? Yeah. Okay. My, my, I'm my showing one now too. And I figured that was your sister. So definitely, I, I it looked like you guys were real close growing up. I know Jillian has a has a brother too, and they're really close. So definitely, I saw that, and I saw that it was really supportive family for you. Definitely, with that's why I told you on Saturday, I love your journey because you could see everybody was in your corner room for you your entire time ever since you were 14. Man, they were they were right there with you. So about five years after that, you moved to Nashville at 19, man. So you've been there six, seven years now or so. Uh, but Seven. Seven Just years? Over seven now, yeah. Um, what finally made you make that jump, dude? I mean, especially being 19 years old, you couldn't even get into a bar to play yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was the plan all along. Like I said, I feel like that conversation when I was like 16 years old, uh, my family, they were, they, were in, they were in on it, you know, and, and – <laughs> We, we still joke to this day. We had a uh, senior year. You have like a, a, a meeting with your counselor or whatever. That's like part of, you know, the graduation yeah. program thing, whatever. And I'm not the college guy. I didn't care about college. All I, all I wanted to do was get out of Rome, Georgia and come here to Nashville. And, and I love Rome, Georgia, but you know, I, I was like, I, I have nothing. I want to be in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And we go in, and we, me and my mom, we're sitting there, and we're we're having this meeting with this, the counselor of the school, and and like I'm, she's, you know, everybody else is like going to college, I'm, you know, I'm gonna be a teacher, or, you know, whatever. And I go in there, and I'm like, 
yeah, I'm not going to college. <laughs> I want to play music and write songs and all this. And then the, our, the, the lady looks over at my mom. She's like, are you okay with this? And, you know, my, my mom's like, oh, you know, we're supportive, you know, and all this. Well, and then the, the counselor lady, she starts like, oh, well, I actually went to school and have a really good friend. And he was on American Idol and he does this and he plays Broadway and this and that and other. And I was like, no, that, that's not it. Like, I'm not trying to go on American Idol. I'm yeah. not trying to break, play Broadway. I was like, I want to move to Nashville and write songs and and do that thing. And she was just so confused. <laughs> and and But but that that was it. My, my family wasn't confused. They, they got it 100%. And everybody's been behind it since day one. And I got a job uh, building countertops in my hometown right after high school. Like, literally came back from senior trip, got, got the job. And uh, my mom helped me get that job. She knew a lady that worked in the front office of the place. It was called Catherine Line. And I got that job in May of 2014, and then I quit it in May of 15 and moved May of 15. And I just I was like, this is it. I had the opportunity to do it, so I haven't looked back since. Yeah. Good for you. You have to do that, yeah. You have to take the jump and make the jump when, when it's time. And that's why I saw it at 19. I was like, man. I mean, I could see like someone at 21 going because they're like, hey, at least maybe I could get into a bar or I could – I, I could do this, but like you going at nineteen, dude. That, that's a big risk. That's a big jump that you made. Yeah. Um, but you made it at the right time. I mean, because you you knew you just felt it. You went with your gut, and I love that. You started working at UPS shortly afterwards. Too, I read that. I was like, oh yeah, all right. You, yeah. Got, you have to pay the bills. Right, still. When, right when I right when I got here, <laughs> I, obviously I had I I just saved the money I had from working at Capital. I was still living at home, and um, I saved that money, and then you know I got here. Uh, this lady named Joy, she had this little one bedroom studio thing over here in Donaldson and moved in there and got the job at UPS. I mean, like within a week or so of moving to town, because like I needed some money. Yeah. I worked the nighttime, I worked the sun, or sunrise, whatever it's called, like 3 a.m. to like 8 30 a.m. So I could write something, you know, I could go write, you know, at 11. Yeah, yeah get off work, so, go straight to the right. I love yeah, that, there, man. There's, that's why I was super skinny back in the day because I didn't sleep <laughs> and I just worked and wrote songs twenty four seven and never slept. So I was like beanpole back then, you know. Well, and within two years, you're what was this, this ASCAP GPS program? What was this? Tell me a little bit about this in twenty sixteen. Yeah, so um, put a song. Uh, I'll just say the whole story front to back. So yeah. me and CJ, the dude that, that he 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 went to our merchy. He went to the same school I did. But he actually already – he lived in uh, Eagleville, which is like – I don't know. I feel like it's probably like an hour south of Nashville. He was already kind of here, and, and that's the guy I actually moved into my first little studio apartment with when we moved here. And we weren't we weren't close in high school or anything, but we knew each other, and he at the time wanted to kind of play music and was already here. And I wanted to play music, so we went in together and got this little studio apartment. And – uh the listener room, you talk about me being 19. The listener room, you don't have to be 21 to get into. So I used to go to the oh, listener room oh. all the time. Nice. Okay. You, you, only, you didn't have to be a certain age to get into. And uh, actually, the night I moved to town, I saw a Shane McAnally, uh, uh, Red Aikens round like at the listener room. It was the like, coolest thing in my life. That was the first <laughs> night I like moved to town. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is. I was, was a good first insane. night, man. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, I mean, that was literally day one of being here. And uh, he, he, I think he knew about the listener room, so he told me about it. 
And uh, anyway, so we used to go there all the time. We were at the listening room one night, and we were actually at a Jordan Davis show. Who at the time, no one had any idea yeah. who he was. And he played. He was playing like slow dance in a parking lot, you know. And we were like, "Oh my god, these songs are incredible!" And this was the, you know, seven years ago, literally. And uh, my mom texted me and said, "Half my heart's in Nashville." like love you you know something you know there's something like half my heart's in nashville and i turned to cj i was like dude we gotta write a song called half my heart's in georgia so we left the listening room that day and i don't know i can't remember if we wrote it that night if we wrote it the next day but we were just both both from our merchy both just homesick you know sad like like what the hell are we doing here kind of thing Mm -hmm. and wrote the song and the next day, posted it on Instagram. Well, and then a man named Ben Hayslip, I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah, I've heard that name. He he comments on the video and said something like this. He didn't follow me previously. Like he found he found this on Instagram, I guess. Nice. And said, said something like, Man, this is really great, you know, whatever, yada yada yada. And I was sitting there, I was like, oh my God, Ben Hayslip just commented on my Instagram video. <laughs> and that was kind of like it. Told my parents about it. I was like, you know, that was kind of it. Yeah. And a, f- a few days passed by. I mean, no joke, like three or four days passed by, and he sent me a message on Instagram. It was like, dude, like, we're sitting on the – they're on the farm tour with Luke Bryan. It was like him, Rhett, Dallas, you know, all them on the farm tour. He's like, dude, we're sitting on the bus, like, been looking up your stuff, like – what do you like? What do you want to do? You want to be an artist and be a songwriter? Like, you know, what's your, you know, plans, you know, this, that, and other. And I'm like, holy <laughs> crap. You know, like, this is the most insane thing of all time. And I, I've been in Nashville about seven or eight months when this mm-hmm. had happened. I did not. It's a, it's a misconception that I've told this story that I like knew Ben Hayslip before and he's why I moved to Nashville. That's, that's, that's not true. Yeah. No. I, I moved here and then, th- then this happened like six or eight months in the town. And uh, he was like, dude, like, I want to get you in touch with my publisher, Rusty Gasson, who is now, he, nowadays, he's the president of Sony Music. But at yeah. the time, they were at this music. And I was like, man, this is crazy. I can't believe it. He's like, he's expecting a, call, a phone call from you in the morning at like 830. I take off work at UPS. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the biggest day of my life. Like, I, this is insane. I take off work the night of UPS. I'm like. Not working. Not working. I called in. I was like, hey, I I can't work today, you know, whatever. And I call him and he doesn't answer. I'm like, ah, figures. (laughs) Immediately calls me back. Nice. And it was, this was, this all happened in the same few couple days, calling back. He's like, hey, I want you to come to my office. Let's, you know, have a meeting or whatever. And I go in, have a meeting, play him all these songs. And he's like, wow, you know, whatever. And he, uh, He's like, do you have a PRO? And I had no idea what a PRO was at the time. He's like, you know, BMI or ASCAP. And I had no clue what that was. And he was like, well, I want to introduce a guy named Robert Philhart. He introduced me to him. He loved my stuff as well. He was an ASCAP guy. ASCAP has this program. Sorry about that. That's all good. I thought, look, I thought that was you that fell. (laughs) The way the phone, the way the phone tipped, I was like, did he just tip over? (laughs) My phone is leaned up against a uh, Dale Junior two thousand Budweiser 
mug. I man. love that. I love that. Hey, no, you're good. Yeah, dude. you're, you're all, all good, good, man. Yeah, yeah. All so, only people are going to. We're like wa- on the yeah. edge of our. I was like on the edge of. Listening. Our yeah. No. On this. Listening. Honestly, the audio is what's mo- mainly the important part. That's that what goes to streaming side. So we're all good on that. But yeah, dude, go ahead. Finish, finish up. Yeah, because that was a good story. I was like, whoa. Yeah. So we're. Uh, I have a meeting with him. And he introduced, he, you know, the PRO thing, he introduced me as Rusty. I go have a meeting with him. Like I said, this happens within like a, like a Tuesday to Thursday. I mean, like all three of these things happen, you know, back to back to back. And when I do this, this is about in October of, I guess, 2016, I guess, or whenever that was, 15. And, uh, yeah, that would have been 2015. 16 was when I got in. So, GPS, I can't remember what GPS stands for, but yeah. it's basically like 15 riders that they think are ready for a publishing deal. Nice. And it's a year-long thing, and they take like January and February, you're with, you meet with someone. And then like uh, March and April, you meet with someone else. And so it's like a two-month, you work with like a publisher for two months. Yeah. So you get, all these, you get these meetings, you know, this, that, and other. And I can't remember if th- my meeting with BMG came from GPS or it was because Robert uh, introduced me through a different, like just because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but Robert introduced me to a man uh, named Daniel Lee. And we just kind of hit it off, you know, right when we met. And that was in, like I said, 16, uh, like end of the year probably in 16 probably like october i think of 16 and then i signed my deal and i got my deal offered me in october of 17 that's wow. awesome that, 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 that. and that is what was within three years of you moving there or living there you had that deal yes it was exactly it was like it was it was right at three years yeah screw that 10-year town bs that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> That's See, so then we can cool. we can get into all the other stuff later. Yeah, that's three. That's three years in, and then now we're seven. I can tell you the rest of the story. Yeah, man. In the, in the conversation. So, but, um, yeah. So was, you know, I look at kids now, and I'm like, I say kids like I'm an old grandpa, but I'm like, you know, these dudes are so young coming to town, and then I'm like, I immediately just hit myself. I'm like, that was me. Like I yeah. moved here at 19, and yeah. I see kids, you know, that are 19, 20, 21 that have deals, and I'm like. Damn, I had a deal at 21. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of nuts, you know, to, to look at it like that. But I, I do think sometimes I'm like, dude, this kid doesn't know his ass from a hole in the <laughs> He's got a deal. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, damn, that is exactly what every dude was thinking about, about me you. When yep. I was 20 years old. And know, someone decided to go on Instagram and take a chance on you, which I love yeah. that, man. Someone- same, same deal. Same deal. So mm-hmm. it, it all it all comes around. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's a small world too when it comes down to it. Um, I, I love that. Actually, I, I want to go into this. I had a uh, wrote down on here your biggest full circle moment in Nashville. So, before we get into the, the next four years uh, that you did, what has been your biggest full circle moment you've had so far since you've been living down there? I know the latest single could, could kind of be a small one, but <laughs> yeah, I, I feel I, I, I feel like I've had a few, honestly, yeah. like. Uh, Getting to meet Hayslip for the first time, I was at BMG, and like I didn't actually get to, I didn't ever meet the guy. He 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 did all this stuff for me, and, and you know put his neck out for me, and you know introduce you know virtually introduce introduce me to these people. Like I had never met him. We talked a bunch, you know, but I'd never met him. So like, getting to meet him for the first time at BMG, like 
that's incredible. You know, that, that's, that's a super cool thing. Um, I had never once in my life ever drank champagne. I, I tell this story. I feel like this is like my, I tell a lot of people this is like my claim to fame here, but I'd never drank champagne my whole entire life. And this was probably in like 2000 and I, I, it was probably 19. Uh, BMG opens up this new multi-million dollar building, three floors, you know, glass, big fancy thing. And Jason Aldean is signed to BMG. And uh, I'm sitting there with a couple guys. Anthony Smith was one of them. And, he, and he's got a, you know, a bunch of big hits and whatever. And yeah. he was like, have you ever met, you know, Jason? And I was like, you know, obviously not. And he's like, let's go over here. And so we go over there. They got this huge table. They got a couple of bartenders back there. And they're just like, have it lined up with champagne. And he picks up a couple of glasses. And I'm like, you know, naturally, I'm going to pick up a couple of glasses. And we go over there. And it's Jason Aldean, his wife, Brittany. And he he goes over there and introduces me to Jason Aldean. And, like, we sit there and drink champagne. And the BMG's, like, opening. It was their opening night party, you know, whatever. That's awesome. So, like, the first time I ever drank champagne was with a dude that started putting out music, you know, in, like, 2004, 2005. <laughs> that I was, like, you know, Hicktown, you know, all that stuff. is like, Yeah, the stuff you, you grew up on. <laughs> grew up on, you know. And then he, he doesn't know that, that we're just sitting there. And it's just, like, super laid back and cool. But inside, I'm like holy shit this is insane <laughs> so like stuff like that and then to you know getting to getting the getting the call to go on tour Corey smith like a dude yeah. that i've listened to since you know being a georgia boy since i was literally you know 10 11 12 13 and those brantley gilbert colt ford they're all from the same area they all they toured my area yeah. you know mm-hmm. so I, like you just yeah. know about those guys from when you're a kid and we all we all had those Brantley Gilbert and Colt Ford and Corey Smith CDs before they like yeah. when they were not like their seat they didn't have record deals so their CDs weren't getting sold at Walmart you know and we were buying them at shows or whatever yeah or the trunk out of the car or trunk of the car yeah, exa- exactly <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. we yeah. we had those CDs and like Blackberry Smoke was another band yeah. that was you know out of Atlanta that I had loved their songs had their CDs before they had record deals and stuff and were sold so like just getting to meet Corey Smith and you know open shows for him so i feel like those are kind of the three that's awesome that man. i would like have in my mind that i and would was, say like my three full circle moments so wild today that we interviewed Corey this morning like and then you tonight i was just like talk about we've been trying to get Corey on i've been trying to get on him for a year at least a year and then all of a yeah. sudden they're like oh we could do a 10 a.m to the 13th i'm like we already got a show oh, we'll do it we'll do it and i'm like wait dawson opened for Corey for his first tour this is awesome <laughs> yeah so and it I worked mean, out. honestly Corey smith probably has no idea who i am <laughs> like after you know, you know that that was 2019, and then he he was already taking off his you know beginning of 2020 with his eye surgery stuff. Yeah, 2020 happens, and that's been you know two years ago now, and he probably has no idea who I am anymore. But like it meant a lot to me during the time of like that was a huge deal to be yeah. able to go out and do those shows and you know all that stuff. And another thing, why I, I was talking about like the latest and current single, you're talking about the songs that you started playing on the guitar, and Justin Moore is one of them. And now you have a single out, "Raised on Red." He's Sanders and Justin Moore, dude, which is just amazing. I, I when I saw that, I was like, dude, this is this is what it's all about right here. Just like yeah. talking about your inspirations, and all of a sudden your inspirations influences are are dropping your own music. So it's just 
It was really cool to see that happen for you, man. Uh, so I'm definitely really proud of you on that. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out Raised on Red yet, new new single by Heath Sanders is a badass song. You guys need to go check it out. The songwriter's pretty badass too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Another question I had wrote down here is um, you, you're out with Travis Tritt right now, uh, working with him, and you open some shows too. Uh, Corey Smith, we talked about touring with him. Is there any venues or cities that you kind of got to that is outside of your hometown that you just loved playing shows in? Or maybe like a certain venue or something. Yeah, I, I think uh, still to this day, probably probably Myrtle Beach has been Myrtle Beach or like like anywhere in Florida. Florida people are just off the chain always. Yeah, in the greatest ways possible. And uh, getting to play like Orlando and Tampa and and Myrtle Beach, like those beach towns, man, they're 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 just they love you. You know, they don't know mm-hmm. who you are, but they are about it. And, they want to take pictures and get my autograph and, you know, do all the stuff. And it's just like, wow, like these people actually give a damn, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And it, 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 it's, it's all over. I feel like the Midwest is the same way, but like the Southeast people talk about like, man, well, all these guys are coming from Georgia or whatever. And it's like, it's not because we're Georgia guys, I guess it's because the people that are in, Phone about fell again there. The people people that are in Georgia and Alabama and Mississippi, Tennessee, you know, Kentucky, whatever, they support uh, like guys like us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those Florida people, they just just like support people like us. And it's very similar to Texas in its own way. It doesn't have the, we don't, Georgia doesn't have its own radio station. Southeast doesn't have its own radio station, you know, and all that. But, it's very – the people in Texas and the people in the southeast, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, those people are the same kind of people. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like that there's a lot of artists from that area because, like, yeah, people support the hell out of them. That's why know? I asked Corey Smith, is, hey, what's Georgia putting in the water down there, man? Because it's pumping out artists left and right lately, and it's awesome. They, every one of y'all have been badass. Like, we spent five years in Mississippi. We are in northern Mississippi for a while, and that's when I first heard of Corey Smith and – Bands like like Jonathan Singleton was was right from the town over from us pretty much, so I got to hear his stuff early on. It was really cool, kind of being around all that and being so rich in that Southern music history too, and being close to like uh, Muscle Shoals and Memphis and Nashville. We were right there, like right in the mix of all three of those. So it was really cool. Um, Has there been any shows that you've played uh, since the age of fourteen till now that stand out as like most memorable to you? Maybe like did you go back home and play a show or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I think the very first time I ever headlined the the little, it's called the Brew House, yeah. or it's called uh, Peaches now, but it was called the Brew House in Rome. Yeah, in yeah, Rome. Nice. The very first time I did that, I sold like five hundred and sixty something tickets, Ooh. and to to be able to to just go there and like do that and like I was at that we. I was changing clothes before the show. I went, my mom like lives right in town in the, in the venues right in town. I'd like, we did sound check all this. I went back to my mom's house. I changed clothes. I took a shower, just like was chilling out. And then we drove back and there's like a line of people out the door, you know, at the front door lined up down broad street. And it's just like, damn, these people are here to see me play a show, you know? And that was the, that was the, the very first time we ever did that. And like, I've had on the brew house now three, four times and, but the very first time I'll just yep. never forget 
seeing those people like lined up out the front door and, you know, selling over 500 tickets. It was like, it was yeah. a super just like, that's Holy huge man. shit thing. You know? That's huge. And every, everybody signs the, uh, it took me a while to get into the place, honestly. Mm-hmm. And everybody signs the green room. Like you sign, like, yeah. I mean, everybody from Florida, Georgia line, when they played there, Thomas Shred, Brett Eldridge to guys, you know, John Langston, Muscadine bloodline to now. Yeah. Play. I mean, everybody and their brothers played this place. And I was like, golly, I want to sign this wall so bad. And then we get in there and, you know, did this and like, I get up on a ladder and I sign my name, no joke, like huge, right <laughs> above the damn door. And I was like, I have waited my whole life yeah. to sign my name right here, you know, above this door. I love that. So like that that's probably the most like just like wow. Walking out there and like people going plum nuts. It was just like that was the one. That was probably in like two thousand and uh, I think it was nineteen. I think it was the very first time I ever played there. So it was just like wow, you know, yeah. see all those people there. That was probably that's I don't know. That's Until a, I can sell cool. out like Rome River Jam, and that'll probably be the top one. <laughs> that'll be the next one. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, yesterday when we were out in Iowa, I, I cruised out over to Clear Lake, Iowa, because that's where the surf ballroom is where Buddy Holly played his last show. Yeah. And their green room's the same way. It has everybody who's anybody's autograph on the wall. So I'm in there. The ceilings are signed. The floor is signed. I'm just looking at I was in there for an hour almost just looking at all the autographs. I was like, dude, yeah, there's this person. Right. There's that person. And it was really cool. I wasn't in there that long, but it felt like it. <laughs> it, was all, it was a really cool historical place to see, though. But uh, to see all those, the one you said that kind of resonated with me. And yesterday when I saw those, all those. Uh, we talked a little bit about Eric Church, man. And uh, one thing you and I connected on Saturday, and we both noticed, we have a Sinners Like Me tattoo, dude. So what, for you, when you got a music tattoo, it had to mean something that much to you. For you, what does Sinners Like Me mean? Well, that was actually my very first tattoo. Ever. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I was I was uh, eighteen, just right 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 after senior trip. I, my birthday's in May, so mm-hmm. like graduation and stuff. I, I just had turned eighteen. Like by the time we graduated, we know you know, and so like we went on senior trip, and I had actually had a girl. Her name was Erica Dutton. We were we were like nominated like the most talented the little group uh what uh, senior superlatives like you know you get like yeah. the best looking popular, or best dressed best yeah best yeah. smile <laughs> not most popular not best looking but got me she she was like an artist she could draw she designed like t shirts and stuff for the school you know stuff like that and uh, she got it she was the female I was the male and we but we got like most talented of the of the thing yeah. and it was prop i mean no joke like it was probably like junior year of high school i got her to draw the tattoo of like the cross with sinners mm-hmm. like me you know like the lyrics in it and then i got established and i got my birthday on the bottom and like i said you know that ha- you know when i heard that song for the first time i was probably it was in that whole t- same time span probably 14 15 years old when i heard sinners like me for the first time and I, I don't know what makes you love music or lyrics when you're that age. Like, I, I'd never tasted Jack Daniels in my life. Like, I, I just like those kind of things. I but you can relate to it. Saying. Probably the grandpa side, too, sitting I, I on think, the headstone. I, I think so. I think so. But I remember having conversations with buddies, and it's like, guys like me drank too many beers on Friday after work. <laughs> yeah. like, guys like me, those songs, it's like, 
why like why did we like those songs when we were kids like i never <laughs> even drank a beer like when i was a little kid you know like i don't have a truck to work on i'm like 13 years old so it's like something about eric church i don't i, I still just they don't know what it was like the early eric church just like ate me up like a drug really yeah, i think it was like the rebels and, rebel side of it we didn't have any of that we didn't have any outsiders coming into the country music world and i think that might have been what it was he was our outsider yeah, at the time yeah he, he was like the, the dude and it's just like he i like i wanted to drink jack daniels on my grandpa's grave like i wanted to work <laughs> on my truck and like that kind of stuff so i think that's like what it was and you know when i was a kid like I said, like 16, 17 years old, I'm like, dude, like I come from a long line of centers like me. Like we're all the same kind of people, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, pretty much, I, I think I, I said it was probably like 17, 16, 17. She drew that picture and I went to the tattoo shop and got it. Went, like right after senior trip, I turned 18 right before senior trip. We went on a week trip to Panama City, came back drunk, sunburnt, hungover. I was bleeding so much. The dude was like, have you been drinking? And I was like, mm-hmm. well, no, not today, but I just came back from seeing a trip yesterday. And, I, you know, like we've been drinking for like seven days straight. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like I'm sunburnt and bleeding like hell. But that was my yeah, that's that's what it means to me. You know, like he, cool, he, he, he's one of the reasons I picked up a guitar. Yeah. Well, you know, Hank and Eric Church and Brantley Gilbert, like they're, well, they're the three dudes. I do, the reason I do it, I feel like. I hear that, man, because those are three that you could relate to so much. And that was for church. I, I kind of mentioned this with Corey Smith earlier, but I felt like everything he was putting out, I was relating to. Like, it's like, damn, dude, are you spying on my life right now? Like, how do you know, like, the hard way, like, the hard, the song The Hard yeah. Way, and then the next album would come out, and, oh, man, Without You Here was another one that was really good. And I was yeah. just like, dude, like, I'm I'm resonating with these songs and everything. I'm like, how's this guy spying on my life? <laughs> so yeah. it was just cool. Every time an album came out, it was like, I was... I was growing up or changing with Eric Church's music, so I used to love yeah. that man. So I, I feel the same way, and I was such a like I I never even thought about it at the time, but like as I got older and, and met guys in music that liked Eric Church and like guys like that, like I just said, it's like why did we like songs about drinking beer and working on trucks and you know stuff like that? It's like I don't know, it's just like. Because I wanted to drink beer and work mm-hmm. on trucks. It was, yeah. like, like was kind of like the I cool thing. I think that's like that's got to be why. Like mm-hmm. that's the why behind it. And if you're an artist and you can connect from kids that are, you know, small town America kids that are 14 years old to women and men that are, you know, of all literally all ages from 30s to 40s, 50s, 60s. I feel like that's 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 the key to having a. To selling sixty five thousand tickets at USA Bank Stadium. That that's that's the key to doing it right there. That was crazy. <laughs> On yeah, Saturday. That's, that's how you do it. Oh man. So what does the rest of twenty twenty two look like for you, buddy? I know you've been out doing some dates. Uh you opened up a couple of shows with, for Travis, right? Uh but what do you have coming coming up for you uh this year? Yeah, so we're we're doing the uh Working on getting a new deal. I mean, that's that's my main main goal is getting a new deal now. And uh, with with the traction of having the couple label cuts that have come in, I, I think that that is highly possible within within this year. I really do think that's possible within this year to figure out something and lock something down. And then, uh, yeah, touring with Travis Tritt, doing you know doing the thing, setting up the drums, doing all the <laughs> making sure everything works and all the stuff for him. Like, like I told you Saturday, mm-hmm. 
or Friday whenever we were there. It's like it's not the end goal, but yeah. it's definitely way better than Seven after zones, 2020 and 2021 of yep. you know washing cards. It's it's a hell of a lot better than that. It's stepping stones. It's networking. It's it's getting your yeah. your foot in the door. And who knows? I mean, now did you you? you it was a couple of acoustic shows you played with him, right? That you you opened up. I've never actually opened up. For oh, Travis I thought you. I thought ever. you played a show for with Travis. I thought you, maybe you were just out with him. I thought you were actually playing acoustic shows. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I thought you played acoustic. I, no, we. Uh, so we were talking about that four year set four three years and uh, seven years now. So yep. in 2020, I lost my publishing deal. 2020 happens. No one's playing shows. Like everything just seems like it's falling apart, pretty much. And in my mind, it was like falling apart. You know what I mean? So yep. it's like, and I, I couldn't like get out of the head. It's like, I just couldn't see the, uh, I, I, I'm always good if I can see like the end goal or like what I'm working towards. But like in 2020 and 2021, it was like, there was no, like if you're going to be that, that little mouse on the, on the treadmill, that little piece of cheese, there was no cheese there to chase. Like, yeah. it was like, what is going on? You know? Mm -hmm. and, and it was like that for everybody. I'm sure in the world and they're there everybody has their own issues yeah oh, but uh sure. i was just trying to like figure out you know what the hell is gonna happen and like how is this gonna work you know whatever and we stick we stick it out and like seeing friends have success like trey lewis like he's mm -hmm. one of my good buddies and matt and alex my roommate like seeing those guys have success is like really helped me get through that i was the guy that i originally signed with from bmg he he was starting a company with Busby, and then Busby passes away. Yep. So like me and him are ready to we're we're chomping at the bit to put ink on paper, and then Busby passes away, and then it's like can't happen. So like there were things that were like that cheese, you know, but yep. nothing ever happened. And man, I was washing cars. I, that's what I did, and I worked at a golf course, uh, golf course, and washed cars through 2020, 2021, and. Uh, was able to still write songs every day. Yeah. And then Caleb Conrady, one of my best friends, he got the production assistant job for Travis. And like two weeks after he started, the dude that did the drum tech, backline tech stuff just quit. And he left and they couldn't find anybody. And I have no experience doing it, nothing. And they were like, dude, we'll teach you everything you need to know. Like, we need somebody out here. Like, we'll teach you how to do it. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. Way way better than washing cars. Like hell yeah, I'll tour with Travis Tritt and yeah. you know, put his drums up and all that stuff. So my official deals, I put drums, bass, uh the steel. He does steel electric harmonica and another guy does acoustics. And you save fiddle. speakers in the rain. <laughs> Do what? I yeah. said you save speakers make, in the rain. <laughs> make sure when when everything starts pouring down, I make sure everything's not wet. Yep. <laughs> I got, so that, got wet a couple times that day. Now. So and it's a, and, you know it's a bus gig. You know we get we get paid well. We get we get the catering on the bus. Like it, it's not bad. It's just, no. Like I said, it's not the end goal, but it's like while I'm trying to figure out mm -hmm. the publishing deal and artist side of thing, I have the artist thing figured out. I just need to like get a deal, you know, working towards that <laughs> while we're figuring that out. This is not bad to pay the bills and 
you know, do all that. Well, yeah, that's not that's yeah, not a bad sure. yeah, not a bad name to be working for either. I mean, that guy's a legend. Yeah. It was awesome seeing yeah. him um, this weekend. We haven't seen Travis for a few years, and to see him still out there doing what he was doing, man, I was like, wow. I was like, I can't believe he was moving the way. Like, I know we talked about it a little bit on how he only sat yeah. for a couple songs, but I was like, damn, this guy's moving. <laughs> yeah. So. Like, like I told you, I think I told you this is like, man, and he's told us, and I don't see no stopping anytime soon because the dude sells more tickets than guys that are on mainstream radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's just, he has no stopping him, and I'm here for it, you know, yep. as long as. As long as they're selling to, tickets and there's a demand, do it, man, do it. Yeah, there's just he, he loves it so, and he can he can do it at the at the quality that he wants to do it and be able to pay the people he needs to pay to have the band and the crew that he wants and all that. You know, I think he's gonna keep doing it. And, and like I said, like he sells more tickets than guys that have number ones on the radio. Exactly, like smaller guys. It like blows my mind. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Fast on Memphis. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Well, we're going to move on to our Powered by Poddex section. There's our sponsored section of the night before we wrap everything up. Uh, it's a little card card app that we use. Uh, we're going to we pull two cards that ask you ask you on. And the first one was, who do you view as an unsung hero of the music industry? Unsung hero of the music industry. Um. If you had asked me this question before I started working with Travis, <laughs> I would have told you. Uh, I 100% think songwriters are the unsung heroes because no one knows who they are, but without them, you wouldn't have the music you have out there. Mm-hmm. So I thought like that, the, like, people just like think Jason Aldean writes all of his own songs. And it's like, no, like George Strait, they think he wrote 62 number ones. It's like, no, mm-hmm. like the guys that are getting shafted on Spotify every day, they're the ones that write the songs that you love. Yep. So if you'd asked me that question uh, a year ago, I would have said just that, that would have been all I said. But then now that I have worked for Travis Tritt and on the live side of things, I think that is also an unsung hero of the music industry because Without the techs and the guys that put the stages up and the guys that do all those things that for all these acts, you wouldn't have these shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it ta- it takes a crew from start from the writers room all the way to putting that show mm-hmm. on in Forest City, Iowa, or wherever we were this weekend. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of people to make that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I definitely think those are your top two. I love that. That's a that, great that, answer. That are, that are yeah. there. I love so that, man. True. So, so true. And I would have never have known that. I, no. Because, like, when we, when we, all the touring that I've done and all the, all the stuff, like, we just set our own stuff up, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> and it's just like, hell yeah, we're happy to be here. We're going to set our own stuff yep. up, you know, whatever. And it's good to go. I, I didn't really know when Mr. J, like, Jason Aldean pulls up. He's got two buses full of dudes that are just crew guys that set the stage up and the lights and the, yep. and all the stuff. I had no idea, you know, I just didn't know. So 
They're it's definitely they're, those, those. Those are the guys that make the make the world go around. That's crazy. It's crazy too when you think about like how much like I remember seeing Church when he was I, I he was busting it when I first saw him. But then he got the trailer, uh, or he had the busting trailer. Then he got the the got rid of the trailer and he got a semi truck. Yeah, just one. Yeah. And now he's has seventeen semi trucks, like twelve yeah. buses. I'm like, damn. It's like. It takes that much just to move this. Oh, this is crazy, man. When you actually sit down and think about all that stuff, yeah, it um, blows my mind. And it gets tore down in one night and gets set up the next morning to in somewhere else. And yep. to those sixty thousand people or three, you know, three thousand. How many people? It's like I got that you. night's their brand new night, and they, and you know, I don't, I don't know if people realize that or not, but it's like <laughs> that's the best night of their life. As it should be, but it's like yep. all these guys went out here and just did, you know, set this up for these people that was their best night of their life, and the next night their best night of their life. It just like blows my mind how it's like it's a traveling circus. And you know what's <laughs> really cool at the end That's of the a day? Really good way to put it—a yep. traveling circus. It's all surrounded by music. Music yeah. brings so many people together, mm-hmm. and it makes so much. It's literally music is like the common around. denominator in this world, I believe. So uh, when I was talking with Corey, we talked about like being at a concert. He was talking about being at live. And even though he didn't know anybody, everybody around him was a stranger. He still knew that they all bought the same album. They all bought the same merch. They all had the one common goal or the one common thing in, yeah. in, together. So there really was no strangers in there because you all already had an icebreaker with, with the person next to you. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. When you go out and you see like. Like if I went to a rap show, I'd stand out like a sore throat because I don't <laughs> listen to rap music. I, I don't know the words, you know, whatever. But like when we're all sitting at a at a Corey Smith or Travis Tritt or a yeah. church concert, it's like we may not think the same, we may not do the same thing, but like we can get along for sure because we we're here for for we can get down with this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like. I think that's that's exactly what you're saying. That's super cool that like music does bring Somebody those kind there. of people together and and those you know big, huge, I love that. crowds. So on the second question, this is gonna be a good one right now. So we're gonna go back to a year before all this started taking off. If you could go back and tell 13 year old Dawson three words, all you get is three words. What would they be? I saw I saw I saw this question <laughs> you, you put it on the thing earlier. And like I have a I, I feel like I, I so my answer is gonna be don't give up. I love it. But I, I never had an ounce of like give up in me. Mm-hmm. But like I feel like if you just had that in which I do between my mom and my dad specifically, but just like, dude, don't give up. Don't give up, you know, every morning, just like whatever. And it's just like, especially through 2020 and 2021, like just waking up in the morning being like, dude, do I really got to go? I worked at advanced auto parts too. Like, (laughs) do I really got to go deliver parts to, you know, this Joe Blow dude over here to do this? And it's just like, is this really worth it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, dude, don't give up. Don't give up. Because, like, if you are – if you have some talent and you have the drive and you have – even if it's it, whatever that is, like, if you got that and you don't have that give up in you, like, it's going to work out in some way, shape, or form. I, like, I promise. I, that's what I would tell, like, young 13-year-olds. Like, 
I don't care if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, music, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's like if you got like the drive to do that, you're going to do some ups and downs, but like if you stick it out, something good will happen. I love that. Uh, you can't, man. If you have a passion, you have a dream, keep doing it and keep keep fighting for it too, I believe, because like you yeah. say, don't give up because the minute you give up is when somebody else is going to get your dream. So somebody else is going to yeah. take that from you when you give up. So definitely, yes. Hard to beat somebody who never gives up. Exactly, Randy. That's what I just said. We had that in a comment. Uh, Randy Adams in our chat said, hard to beat somebody who never gives up. And honestly, the yeah, minute been, you give uh, up. that was my, That's been my... Randy is an awesome dude. I, I know who he's, Randy is. He's amazing, dude. <laughs> yeah, I've met I've met him. And uh that was kind of my thing. I didn't I didn't I didn't post about how shitty my life was and how bad it was really mm-hmm. in 2020 and 2021 because like and I made a post about this too, but it's like not what I do, it's like it doesn't have to be done. I made the choice to do all this, you know, like mm-hmm. I made the choice to make all these things happen. So like when everything is shut down and you lose a deal and all that, it's like, yeah, it sucks. Like, but don't give up. Is, like, yeah, <laughs> you don't give up. Exactly. I saw Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. And I made a post about this when I got, when I got the phone call that Justin Moore and Heath were cutting raised on red. I made a post like December of last year. I was like, I've been waiting on this post. And, like, we've been friends on Facebook and Instagram for a long yeah. time. So you probably even saw it. But, yep. like, it's like, I've been waiting on that post and or that phone call my whole life, basically. And, like, I was like, Jimmy Johnson, he had all his shit he went through in his career. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's hard to beat a son of a bitch to don't get up, give up. And I put that as my screensaver in my phone for two years. I looked at it every morning. <laughs> it's hard to beat a son of a bitch that don't give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just, that's, you just got to wake up and take it on the chin and go for it, really. No matter what you're doing. I, that's what I would tell any of them. And so life gives you some shitty bumps at times, but as long as you get over those bumps and you don't give up, I mean, I, you keep pushing forward. I know. Things will discourage people at times and just just don't give up when it discourages you because I've had it. I, I recently, I, I, I kind of told that I've been doing photography lately, man, and I got a chance to shoot for Parker McCollum uh, two weeks ago. It was really cool. He's opening up for church, and I get there, and I didn't have a pass no more. And I think it might have been because of my relationship with the church people, maybe. I don't know what it was, but it was a it was a hiccup it was a bump in the road I, I was devastated man like it was something i worked really hard for but i'm not gonna let it bother me anymore i'm not gonna let it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna look past that i'm not gonna give up on that because honestly what i've been doing lately is what i loved and i see what i did this weekend and what i did for like the travis trip pictures i got and stuff and everything else i was like dude you know what this is my life this is what i want to do and i i love it and i'm not gonna let anything else kind of push me back i'm not gonna give up on this i'm gonna keep pushing for it so that's a story yeah, i haven't it. really shared yet but i, I want to share that tonight yeah, that's it. I mean, you get you get you get knocked down, taken on the chin two weeks yeah. ago, and then you get to do you know a show with. I mean, how, there was all kind of huge Dude. acts that played the last three days at that exactly uh, country thunder thing. It's like it's literally the highest of highs and lowest of lows. It is such a it just like it's just like a shot right in the neck. I feel like just like here's the highest high you've ever felt. Bam. Yep. And then it's like, bam, here's the lowest low you've ever felt. And they could be days apart, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a personality thing or, like, we have the personality and the drive to do this, but it feels that way. It could be the highest of highs or lowest of lows, and you could literally feel like you're in cloud nine 
one day, yeah. and then the following day, feel like you got your teeth kicked in. Yep. And that's just the way it is, you know? And, and then you wake up the next up. day, like, every single day, I, I tell people all the time, it's like, dude, a single phone call could change your life. Yeah. And in, in, in anything, but specifically, like, music and, and, and all this stuff. Like, you get a phone call to go take pictures and, like, do media somewhere, dude, changes your life. Well, you get that phone call to do content, changes yeah. your life. I get the phone call to do whatever. It's like you get that publishing right. deal, man. It's gonna it's gonna yeah. come back around to you. It's gonna get you. No, yeah. and it, it is. I had the lady, the head of social media, on Saturday come up to me at Country Thunder and tell me that we love your work. We want you to come to every one of them. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, we want you to be there and want you to be a part of every one of these. And I, mean, I don't know if I'd ever get paid to do it, but it'd be nice. But <laughs> it's yeah. just cool for them to say that and say that, hey, we love your work. And the minute we see you put a request in for media, we're gonna just put that check mark next to it. And it's cool to have that. To have that and someone to tell you that and back you up and kind of give you that little bit of boost you need at times. But as, even if you don't get that boost and you don't give up, because like we said, the minute you give up, someone else will go and grab that. Somebody else will be shooting Country Thunder next year. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it won't yeah. be me because I, I gave up on something. So yeah. I love that, man. I love that how you tell yourself that. And honestly, if we all lived like that and we all just kind of fought and grinded for the things that we were passionate about in life. I think we we're, I think things would be a little different for everybody. So. No, I agree see. with that 100%. <laughs> All right, our next next segment is one of my favorites now. I, and I, this is the first time I've ever had the same artist twice. But I have five seconds of four songs, and the first memory you have with this song, we're going to talk about it for a quick second. Go ahead and play either one of the first ones. Give me back my hometown, Eric Church. When you hear that song, man, where's it taking you? Uh, I remember the first time I heard it, actually. It was... Uh... When he put out, that was on the Outsiders record, correct? Yeah. Okay. So I was in school. We were senior years. There was a link, uh, like, got put out on the internet or somewhere. Like, Eric Church is like, they're giving a little sneak peek, like, whatever. And I don't know if, like, it was like, illegal. it wasn't like illegally downloaded, like, LimeWire or nothing. But it didn't there come from me right now. <laughs> do what? I said it didn't come from me, right? No. <laughs> No, no, no. It was, it was, uh, it was a thing on the internet, and it was like that was the first single that we all listened to, and we were like downstairs at my dad's, like that that dad's house. I remember listening to that, giving back my hometown for the first time. And I was like, oh my god, you know. And uh, they ended up having a little thing that had like uh, a link that had like that kind of early fed all the songs that were on that album. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening. I was just like, li- I wore out the album for the album come out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the I remember little links that I remember what you're talking about. I remember that and I'm always yeah. listening to it because now I'm to the point where if I know an artist is going to put an putting an album out and they start releasing like six or seven singles before the album comes out, I refuse to listen to those singles. I'm like, yes, no, I want I, the damn I'm album. The same way, <laughs> the same way. But back back then, like they put those links out. I literally wore the Outsiders like record out before it even touched the shelves <laughs> or my, or my phone. Like I remember, I just we just wore it the hell out. But then you're going to like the next one, too, because if we're going to play this next one here, go ahead and play that next one. Talladega, man. I know your NASCAR love. I had to throw Talladega in here. Yeah. So when you hear this, I, I man? Don't, I don't remember. It was it was the same record. So yeah. during that whole same time. But, like, when I saw on the, like the, the list that it had, like, a song called Talladega, I'm like, hmm, like, what could this be about? <laughs> and then, like... I hear it. I'm just like, oh my god, this is insane. You know, Eric Church <laughs> like singing about NASCAR, and 
if so, you've been to Talladega, yeah. which I don't know if y'all have, but it is an experience mm-hmm. in itself. And like that song times 100 is what that feels like, like being at Talladega, you know? You say, uh, so uh, you've been you've been by Talladega. We just never stopped by. We was no, in Alabama. We drove past it. Yeah, but it. we've yeah. never been. We've never been. But yeah, we yeah. went around there. No, I had to put that out there. If you guys don't know and you guys are tuning in, Dawson is one of the biggest NASCAR fans you'd ever imagine. He probably has NASCAR underwear on right now. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely a huge NASCAR fan. And that's why I had to throw Talladega in there. Because uh, definitely when I saw that, I was like, all right, we're doing back-to-back church songs. Now we're going to move away from that. And we're going to play the green one. Go ahead and do that one real quick. So Luke Combs, this one's for you. This is why I put in there. So when you hear this one's for you by Luke Combs, where does it then take you? It takes me moving to Nashville. Okay. Uh, it doesn't really. It doesn't. It doesn't really bring a person to me. It brings a time because when he just started putting out songs and he just like a uh, hurricane beer can and all that stuff that was all coming out when I was, when I was moving here yeah. mm-hmm. and like when I was a senior in high school to 19 years old, like all those songs. And then I know that album didn't come out till later on, but like I knew all those songs while I was moving here and you know, Luke Cole, I actually met like Luke and Ray and Drew Parker and all those guys like super early in town. Yeah. And they already kind of had, they already had their friend group and everything. Like they were already doing their thing, but like I did meet them yeah. early in the town. I got to like see him play, you know, those songs. Whiskey that, jam and, and stuff probably. And 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 Rip, Rip, revival. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Revival. So like, that's exactly where that song takes me. It's not a person, but a time. Like when I when I moved here, I love it. And that's what it's supposed to do, man. I, earlier when we had Corey Smith, the dance by Garth Brooks took him to the time of his grandma and tablature chords and learning how to play it for his grandma. I'm like, that's that's why I do these these little five second clips. I want to see yeah, the this, time. This is cool. <laughs> well, this is the last cool. one. I, I I was doing some research. You might like this last one. Go ahead and play the last one. Uh, what color? Uh, was it? It's yellow. Okay, I'm sorry. It's all good. Protected by the good Lord and a gun. Josh Thompson, way out here, man. <laughs> so when you hear that one, where's it going to take you, dude? Did you do some research somewhere? <laughs> I said this is like the greatest country song ever written. I think I, I, I think I might have heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I still to this day. And I will take this to my grave. I think Josh Thompson is the most underrated artist possibly of all time. If he came out today in 2022 with those songs, that dude would be the biggest son of a bitch. Beer on the table, dude. It'd be huge right now. Oh my God. I remember, I remember like my, like when I bought, like buying CDs back when I was a kid. And the reason the whole Justin Moore thing was like so emotional for me, like I'm pretty positive, like because I'd I'd had like the church CDs and stuff. But, like when I went, like because like, my dad had them and my mom had them and stuff. But like when I went and, like bought a CD for the first time, my own money, I'm pretty sure it was a Josh Thompson's first CD <laughs> yeah. and Justin Moore's first CD because they came out very similar times. Mm-hmm. And way out here was on it. And dude, I have played that. If I've played a show. That song's been in it because I, I like yeah. our houses are protected by the good Lord and the gun. You might meet them both and show up here on Welcome Sign. Like, if you don't like that, you can kiss my. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, that is that is so top true notch for me. So, yeah. 
that that I don't I don't even know when the first time I heard that was. I was you know obviously probably twelve to fifteen years old, but still to this day, twenty six year old me, eighty six year old me will think that's the most underrated man in country music history that never had a shot. And I think that song is one of the best songs ever that just never had a chance. And he's still cranking out hits, man. People just don't oh, know. He it. writes hits like he writes hits like it's just. We had uh, David Adam Burns on the show a couple, uh, probably like a month or two ago, and he was talking about how he writes with Josh Thompson. He's hiding out in Montana now these days. I'm like, that's kind of cool, man. So yeah. he kind of just went out there and he's doing his thing, but he's cranking out hits left and right still to this day. And and in the song, the song that like he's got the Al Dean thing now going on. He's got Luke Bryan songs. Like they're so good. Yep. Like I just want to, I just love them, you know. And he his his stuff is so awesome. If you guys are on Spotify, you're listening to songs. Hit those three little dots in the right hand corner, and it's going to scroll down and hit song credits. And you guys are going to see a names that you never believed would be on credited songs, but it's some really cool stuff that. Uh, if you guys ever check that out, um, the liner notes kind of for us older folks, I guess I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you got to hit the three little dots on Spotify or whatever and you hit know, song you credits. You open the CD book and read the, oh, man, through I the CD I remember opening books. cassette books. I remember opening up cassette books and looking yeah, at, yeah. all right, lyrics and who wrote it. Who and wrote I always it. wanted to know those things. Yeah. I did that. I did that my whole life, man. Like that was my thing. I was like, I remember getting to Nashville. I still say to this day, somebody I throw out a t- title or I'll throw out a title. I'm like, dude, that'll look that'll look great on the back of a CD. <laughs> and like, that ain't even a thing no more. But like, it just my, that's where my mind goes to. I've always had a song title in my head and a picture of what how I want the back of it look look like. But it's called probably in a Pontiac. <laughs> <laughs> I've always Probably just wanted, in a Pontiac. Yeah, I've always wanted to write a song called that and just have this really cool old school Pontiac on the back of a CD cover. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be awesome! Hell yeah, <laughs> it would never happen, but hey, it was fun. All right, we're gonna yeah. put you on the hot seat for a little bit. What this is is ten quick questions. The first thing that pops in your head, you're just gonna spit it out. So, first vinyl record you ever purchased? Uh, I don't. I saw. The, I don't know if I ever purchased a vinyl. All right, record. It's first I, CD. I have. Uh, I, First CD was, is going to be Josh Thompson and Justin Moore. Hell yeah, man. If you had an endless supply of something, what would it be? Probably NASCAR merchandise. <laughs> Hell yeah. Who has That's the best gonna... pizza you've ever had? I don't I don't know the place. <laughs> but, man, we I was right on tour with Travis, and Caleb gets us some after-show food. We were in St. Augustine, Florida. Which I know is nowhere near the pizza capitals of the world, because I do think some of that pizza is some of the greatest pizza I've ever had. But he had, he got this pizza like it was like onions and mushrooms and cheese, and I was like, oh my god, this is the best pizza I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> and it was in St. Augustine, Florida. I've told I've told the band, the crew, Caleb. I've told everybody that. I don't, I don't know why, but it was just like top notch. It just pizza. hit the spot. And where was this at? It did St. Augustine, St. Augustine, okay. Florida. I can't remember. I can't. Muskin on Bloodline was playing the show. Maybe, maybe I could ask Charlie or Gary. But well, I'm going to see they them had, next month. Too. I'm going to see them next oh, month. So I'll have to ask them perfect. about this pizza in St. Augustine it, and see what they say. It was it was because we all had it, and Caleb went in, got us like five or six for the crew and the band, and everybody was like, "Damn, this pizza is phenomenal!" And it was like mushroom and onion. I feel like it was great. <laughs> so I think that's like my favorite pizza. I love that, man. I love it. We live in Chicago, so I gotta be partial to Chicago. So yeah, I'm 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 all for the deep dish because Chicago's deep dish, right? Yep, Lumanati. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but, deep dish, deep dish pizza is probably my favorite, just in general. 
pizza. So I'll give I'll give it I'll give it that. All right. So what's the strangest thing you've ever seen in the middle of the road? You've been on the road with Travis. You've been out there. What's the strangest thing you've ever seen? <laughs> uh, we were we were coming home. This is around Christmas time, and we this is like the last show on the last show of the run. Everybody gets pretty tuned up. Like yeah. if it's like a three day thing, like the third show, everybody gets tuned up, stays up all night. You know, you know how it goes. And we're sitting dead stopped in traffic, and uh, <laughs> like I said, it's around Christmas time. We go to the front of the bus, and we're sitting with Chuck, our driver, and we're all sitting up there. And there's this 18 wheeler. And no one ended up being hurt, so this is I can laugh and tell the story. But eighteen wheeler turned over in the road, and the top part got sheared open like a beer can, oh. sheared open, and it was all kinds of like just processed food, <laughs> and it was all over the place. And they had a bobcat with a bucket going down the road, picking this stuff up in rows and putting it on the side of the road. And uh, Derek, our lighting guy, he facetimes his son. And he goes. Santa Claus done dropped off. He done had a uh, like a you know wreck over here, wherever the hell we were at. <laughs> done had a wreck, and your Christmas present or your laptop's like over here in the ditch. <laughs> and I mean, it was like sausage and steaks, like all the stuff, and it was frozen food, whatever. But it was everywhere. I mean, just scattered out like you just have never seen. Oh. And there was literally a bobcat pushing the stuff in rows off the side of the road so that's <laughs> definitely the craziest thing i've ever seen and to see a uh 18 wheeler with the top shredded off like a beer can was just nuts to see anyway i've seen yeah that's every time i'm on the road and see an 18 wheeler it's always like it's always something crazy <laughs> but yeah. man all right our next one let's see where was i at number five all right would you rather celebrate christmas or halloween all year round uh Christmas. All right, that's a good one. What's one thing people buy you feel is a waste of money? Wow, one thing people buy is a waste of money. Uh, mask. Oh. COVID-19 mask. <laughs> yeah, all right, I like that one. All right. That's, that's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> What's a song you wish you wrote? Uh, I've been asked this before. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, and I'm going to give the same answer because I still wholeheartedly believe this. When I hear songs and I'm like, I wish I wrote that, there's a million songs that I wish that yeah. I wrote because they had a fat paycheck. <laughs> like, hell yeah, I wish I wrote that, had a fat paycheck. Yeah, all right. Every song is like, man, if I was in the room writing that song, I'd been like, oh, I would have thought of this or I would have changed this or like, you know what I mean? So it wouldn't have been that song. So there's songs I wish I have like written with people. Like I wish I wrote songs with Eric Church, like got a song cut by Eric Church, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. But songs I wish I'd written, I don't I don't know because if I was in the room, I would just want to have probably done something else with <laughs> yep. it and probably made it more crappy than it is. Yeah. Not not really, not really. <laughs> but like I would have wanted to have done something else with it. But like just straight up songs I wish I'd written, like, hell yeah, I wish I'd written the dance, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, by myself, because then I would, uh, you know, have a fat bank. Oh my God, can you believe you that, man? You would never have to work a dinner day in your life. I love that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's my most, like, truthful, honest answer. Where's your go to fast food restaurant? You're on the road, you got swing into a fast food place real quick. Where are you swinging into? Uh, probably Chick fil A. I'm All a right. Chick fil A guy. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's a Georgia thing, but Chick fil A. And I actually really like Taco Bell breakfast. I know that's a, uh, 
I like People those. hate on Taco Bell. I don't think we've ever had. Cinnabon them. little things they have are really good. I've had those before. Dude, you, you got to try the uh, little grande scrambler. You can get them with like sausage or steak. Okay. That that's that's it. It it won't mess you up. You'll be in good shape. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I love that. And then our last one is uh, something that's still on your musical bucket list, man. I, I, you got to do some pretty cool stuff so far. Um, since you've been in Nashville, but what's something that will make you feel like at the end of the day, hey man, I did this? Is the Opry playing somewhere special? Maybe a, a Grammy? W- w- for you, what is it? Uh, I I do I do want all those things like <laughs> Grammys and, and yeah. awards and all that. But when I if I could just sit back and be that like eighty five year old man kind of mentality, like. If I could just sit back and be like, dude, I, I wrote songs and played music for a living. Yeah. And I don't want to be like Mr. Stereotypical guy, but like uh, that, that, that would be, that, I mean, that, that's the goal, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I want to do. Like, if I can make a comfortable, good living and not have to do something else in music, mm-hmm. like that's, that's support yourself, do, you know? family down the road or something on music, yeah, dude. I, I could see if that. I got, Hell yeah. If I got a, if I got a house and some, you know, a couple acres and, you know, a, a, you know, good running truck and four wheeler, yeah, yeah. you know, a pond in the backyard or something like that's that's really all it's about. Like Corey Smith is a great example. Like <laughs> exactly, Smith, he, he's not yeah. he's not winning Grammys, but Corey Smith is is definitely making a hell of a living and doing a great job. Mm-hmm. I think his I answer take, was a Grammy today <laughs> when I, I asked take, him the same question. I would take that, you yeah. know, like that. That's that's what it's all about now. Now, granted, I'm I'm shooting for the stars here always, and in Grammys and Got you, ACMs man. and all that. Like they're all they're always there, and that, that's always the goal. Mm-hmm. But at the end, like if I'm sitting there at 85, I'm like, damn, I made a I made a living playing country music. I, I'll I'll be good. I, I think you'll be. I think you're gonna be just fine. Hearing what you put out, man. Ray, oh man, these all these songs, especially House Heaven. That that last one, dude. I, honestly, that one is the one I've connected the most with. Uh, just because the whole grandfather thing, I, I, he was my best friend. He was my guy, dude. And honestly, yeah. I've been 22 years without him. So when I hear these songs like How's Heaven and everything, and it kind of brings me back. It was kind of funny. We went and visited him, um, what, in April, I think, a couple months ago. And the minute we turned, the local Chicago radio station started playing Give Heaven Some Hell by Hardy. I looked over at my wife. I said, that was my grandfather that played that song. <laughs> I said, nobody yeah. but him played that song just now. So, but yeah, yeah definitely. Songs like that, man, I, I love them because it makes me – Makes me think of him again and stuff. So it's always nice to hear that song. And so I thank you for that. And I also thank you for spending so much time with us tonight, man. This has been a hell of an interview, a hell of a talk. And I've appreciated every single second of this tonight. Yeah, this, this has been great, man. It was, like I said, it was super cool to run into, you know. I had no, I had no clue. That <laughs> me neither. Be in Iowa, you know, before, you know, getting there. I looked up, I saw your tattoo. Like, I was like, I, I just got done researching this guy for two days straight for a podcast. And I like I, I shared a picture tonight of the, the tattoo. And I'm like... Wait, You're like I know that tattoo. I know that tattoo. <laughs> I'm like, you, I think I emailed you and Facebook messaged you right away. Be like, dude, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> I didn't get, the, I, I didn't get the email till way later. Yeah, when I saw that like the uh, my Facebook, you know, went off, and I, I think John Morgan was playing at the time, and I was like, oh hell yeah! I was like, <laughs> yep. that's so random that it happened. <laughs> like you know, I, we're doing this, you know, Monday. And we found out the last minute. Um, we yeah. got we got the media pass for Country Thunder, so I think I found out Monday or Tuesday, be like two days before the event happened. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm out of here, going to Iowa. So it was pretty cool though. It was, it was neat. It was a hell of an event, and I think we're gonna run into you guys again. I think you have one other Country Thunder coming up. Uh, was it Florida in October? Maybe 
probably is it without any if i had to I, guess yes yes if it's without dean yeah yes uh we're, it's like he's got like seven eight shows without dean yeah and, i'm pretty sure it was it was without dean that same day so yeah. uh i'll probably not run into you again then but i hope the next time i see you man it's gonna be playing your music so i definitely want to be able to yeah. check you out live sometime so next time you get some shows out you let us know next time you put music out let us know we're gonna share the hell out of it for you man we're gonna be in your corner yeah, and supporting the hell out of you from here on out we got we got one uh, Bible and the Braves. We're promoting it, I'm, or I'm promoting it super hard on TikTok, and it's okay. actually doing better than Raised on Red, which blows my mind because <laughs> Raised on Red for me did really well. And uh, I've I've posted you know quite a few songs on TikTok and can't really get any traction. And then, dude, I don't know what this one's is like been really good. So it's that's w- going to be we're we're finishing up June 21st. So that'll nice. be the final bow on it on the recording side and then so i'm assuming it'll be i'm, I'm hoping it's gonna be out like second week of july probably. all right well if you're not doing anything june 25th and you're in nashville let me know we're throwing throwing my 40th birthday party at live oak hell yeah so, I, you said that yeah so if you're in town i'll send you the invite if you're in town i'll let you know yeah, and everything dude. but it's gonna I'll be a hell of a party calendar. if we're there though I, I, live oak's probably my favorite place in town yeah so. that place is badass we got a nice little we're, we're announcing wednesday the the four the four headliners so i'm kind of excited for that one but uh be four yeah. nice headliners coming in so we're excited it's gonna be a fun event and if you're in town man we have to definitely come out and holler so but thank you yeah, again dude. for tonight this was a phenomenal podcast i cannot wait to edit it put it together and upload it man because it's gonna be it's gonna be one of my favorites so today was a really good podcasting day and i'm glad that yeah. i was able to have both of you guys on the same day i'm gonna tell you yeah, jo- it's, been, it's been awesome georgia needs a bottle of that water though man because i don't know what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> they need to do something with it down there so well, Austin, you have an amazing night. Go get some rest. I know it's been a long weekend for you, so enjoy yourself. Get rid of those sinuses. Kind of going to do the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. And take care, I don't know buddy. What this, what's up with that? Yeah. I know. I hear too. you. Thank y'all for having me on here. No problem, man. Bye. We'll do it again. We'll definitely do it again. Take care. All right, buddy. Have Thank a good night. You. All right, guys. That was fun. He was good. Mm, that was I like a good him. Show. Mm-hmm. It was cool, like he said, like randomly just running into him on Saturday. I saw that tattoo. I'm like, holy shit, there's my podcast guest Monday night. I'm like, dude. <laughs> it was fate. So it was cool that we got that picture and got that. It was actually our first time meeting. I've been following Dawson for some time now, and his music has just resonated with me. Like I said, about House Heaven and Raised on Red and all those songs have just hit me. And I've definitely been a fan, so I've been excited to have him on the podcast. And I think we booked this about six months ago, too. So this, <laughs> we booked this one a while ago. Mm-hmm. But guys, this was a fun night. I enjoyed it. It was a fun day. I'm definitely going to miss you guys. And why I'm saying that is we are off until July 5th. So we are going to take the next three weeks off from podcasts. That's why we did two today. And we're going to do two that week. We're going to have Jay Allen and Hannah Dasher, July 5th and July 7th, coming back. But we are going to take the next three weeks off. Uh, if you guys are not doing anything, I just talked about June 25th. Come on out to Nashville. We're throwing one hell of a party. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think we have like 17 artists, as last I checked, which is unreal. <laughs> so uh, about 17 or 18 artists that are going to be playing or showing up uh, on I was going to say February 25th. I don't know why I was going to say February. June, June 25th at Live Oak. It's going to be cool. And if you're in Nashville, between 5 and 5.30, go check out the Nashville sign. There's going to be something pretty cool on it. So I'm pretty excited about that, too. But, uh, guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you for all the support, the growth of the show. It's been doing amazing lately. And, honestly, we have everybody that's in the chat and everybody that tuned in tonight to thank for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, honestly, I, we couldn't keep doing this without you guys. And we really appreciate this. I have, I'm have i having a blast interviewing these guys. I hope you guys are having fun listening. So 
it's just been an amazing journey so over the last two years and where everything has taken us and where it's hopefully going to be going soon. But uh, thank you guys for joining us tonight on episode 133 with Dawson Edwards. The passion that Dawson has for the industry shows, and that's a voice that will be here long after any of us. We want to wish Dawson nothing but the best and can't wait to see what he accomplishes in 2022 and beyond. Don't forget to catch up on everything you missed from tonight and past episodes over at GainingFastOnMemphis.com. And like I said, we'll see you guys on July 5th. Have a good night, y'all. The Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver is brought to you by Arlo Revolution. As we close the book on another chapter, remember, music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Next week, Aaron connects more melodies and memories with other fans and the artists they love. Thanks for being a part of this musical journey, and we'll see you next time on the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver. Aaron Shriver.